Hey everybody, this is Bob Barker with the AGC of Wisconsin, and I want to welcome you to the Forward Construction Podcast. So today we're very pleased to have Department of Safety and Professional Services Secretary Don Krim with us. In addition to Secretary Krim, we have Assistant Deputy Secretary Dan Harris with us today. So welcome Secretary Krim and Assistant Deputy Secretary Harris. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so um, Secretary Krim, um, again, really appreciate you taking the time um, to, to be with us today. Um, you know, not many folks really understand what the Department of Safety and Professional Services does. And, you know, I was looking at your website and, and I was actually pretty amazed at you know, the, the licensing alone. I mean, for everything from accountants to barbers to electricians to funeral home directors to tattoo artists to welders. Can you just give us a sense about um, ESPS and what you all do there? Yep, my pleasure. And thanks for having me today. So in addition to reviewing plans and inspecting buildings, we actually issue nearly a million licenses across 246 professions. And you named a few of them, which is great. Um, we also have an educational component. We protect students by ensuring the, state, the stability and viability for for-profit educational institutions. And we do that through our educational approval program. We also are part of the fight against the opioid epidemic. Uh, we have the prescription drug monitoring program. And so we're an agency of about 250 people, and we have five sites around the state. So uh, our Hill Farms location is our main location, but we're also in Waukesha, Alaska, Green Bay, and Hayward. So we, we do quite a bit. Yeah, that, that's quite an awesome task, I guess. Um, and I know uh, based on our experience with uh, Assistant Deputy, Deputy Secretary Harris, you've got some good people that work for you there. And uh, so... Um, so regarding plan review, um, can you, and I'm not sure which, who wants to take this, but can you just maybe give us a, you know, uh, a current status, you know, has, have you seen a decrease in the number of plans being reviewed because of, of the uh, COVID-19 or just kind of an update on, on what's going on with plan review? Okay. So we have been um, undertaking a plan review pilot where we're trying to be as efficient as possible with our plans. When we undertook that pilot, what we realized was we are ready to do work, but many times we'll have plans that are um, submitted incomplete. And so we've taken the time to put a complete checklist up on our website um, people can visit dsps.wi.gov to take a look at uh, what our plan submission checklist looks like. And so we feel like with complete plans, we can begin plan review right away. And so plan completeness is one area that we've been focused on. The other thing is we realize oftentimes with our scheduling process, we were having plans that were being scheduled sometimes multiple times, um, kind of a speculative way of booking because uh, 
people are hoping that there will be time available to schedule and they'd be able to get their plans in. And so we're tightening up that scheduling component so that we are ready to take complete plans and begin working on them right away. Earlier on, there was a two-day lag time between submitting your plan and it needing to be complete in terms of scheduling when we can start working. We've gotten away from that and are saying, submit complete plans using that checklist and we should be able to work on them right away. So we are working at about a six-week turnaround time for plans, and we're excited about that. A lot of efficiencies have been put in place, and so now that we've hit the building season, we're hitting um, our peak, going into our peak time, and we are ready to receive complete plans and begin begin reviewing them. Well, it sounds like the the key word there is complete. That you want, complete. yeah, you want complete plans submitted, not partially complete. Um, that messes up the system, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Assistant Deputy Secretary Harris, have, have you? I know you've been involved in this in detail a lot because um, we spoke a couple of months ago, I think, about this, but. Um, is there any best practices you can recommend for the contractors? I, I know we're talking about complete plans. Um, any anything else that they should know about? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think um, you know the secretary stressed the word complete, um, and, and I, I would I would I, I would say that again because it can't be said enough. But uh, beyond that, um, you know, folks should feel free to submit their plans as as soon as they're ready. You know, don't wait. You know, I know we've moved. To, to an ask that submitters give us their plans uh, 10 days in advance of their appointment, but don't don't rely on that 10 days. If you've got the plan ready, get it to the department, and and there's a there's a chance we could even move on it uh, more quickly than the scheduled appointment. Um, you know, it's it, it's about for us, it's about having those plans in the door, um, making sure they're complete, uh, and 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 giving you know our staff an opportunity to get the work done. Great, great. Um, and- great information. I know there was a lot of, I wouldn't say it was misinformation, but a lot of misunderstanding maybe earlier on about the idea of, you know, how the um, um, folks had to reserve their date and, you know, people were submitting incomplete plans, trying to get in line and all that stuff. So I think all of this and the reason we're having this podcast today is to make sure that the architects and engineers and contractors really understand um, the, idea, the necessity to submit the complete plans as soon as they're done. So um, on this new executive order 22, um, just want to touch base on that a little bit. Um, I, I noticed in there there was quite a few crossouts um, on specific timelines and that there was a, a term, a reasonable amount of time. What, what I guess... I have some idea, but what was kind of the reasoning behind changing those timelines? Well, a big part of it is if you think about uh, the orders that um, the governor has issued, the construction building uh, industry is open, and he designated it as essential because we realize buildings go on. People have made bids and things early on. They've put work in queue, and so our staff remains available and ready uh, to do that work. However, in the adjustment, 
we do partner with municipal with, with, with municipalities. And so by removing that hard line time requirement and going with a reasonable amount of time, we, along with our municipal partners, are able to um, respond and take on the work. There's been some you know, adjustments that have been made around the state. Uh, people weren't sure if the work was continuing, are we essential or not, what the social distancing does uh, in responding to the work. And so over time, it's quickly we realized in working together, letting people know that we are prepared, that helps them also be prepared. And so we wanted people to be able to continue doing the work and respond in a manner that works for them. I mean, with 72 counties and buildings uh, happening all around the state, different areas are impacted differently. And so that reasonable amount of time allows all of us to respond to the ever-changing and ever-evolving environment uh, that we're living in right now. Great. That's what I thought. I'm sure it had to do with the COVID-19 issue. So um, yeah. on, on the, um, uh, the other piece was the electronic plan submission. Um, that, that's been pretty much in practice for quite a while now anyway, hasn't it, for the most part? Well, you know, it has. We've been asking for it, and people have in the industry have been slowly transitioning. But uh, as you talk about some of those efficiencies where we can, you know, move ahead with the work, an electronic plan submittal reduces the amount of time that, you know, it takes for us to get working on the plan. And so with this executive order, it ramps it up, pretty much letting people know as soon as that plan is complete, hit send, reduce your mailing costs, and we'll pull it in and begin working on, can work on it right away. So that's where we were going anyway. We were uh, heavily requesting it in that manner. And so with the social distancing and just the way um, our current environment is right now, electronic plan submission made sense to just go right there and say, bring it in electronically so we can get moving. Yeah, you know, I think some of the some of the side effects or end results of what we're going through right now um, could be a, you know, kind of an efficiency of, you know, dealing with, you know, this plan review. And I know EFD or DOA is looking at uh, electronic bidding. Um, so I think, I think there could be some positive things that we have to get out of this. <laughs> there has to be something positive that comes out of this. So, um, but um I think that's a, a great change. Um, I had a conversation with Bill Babcock from the, the Architects uh, AIA yesterday, and his members are very positive on that. Um, appreciate the, the emphasis because I know many of their members are doing it, but not all. But I think having the requirement is going to force the change, which will be good in the long run here, short and long run. So um, also as part of that um, executive order, there was an emphasis on on plan review of healthcare projects. And can, can you touch base on that just a little bit? Well, what we're trying to do is respond to the pandemic. And what we realize is we want to be sure that any project that can respond from a first responder standpoint and a medical standpoint is ready to go at the front of the line so that we can uh, prioritize those immediate needs. 
And so that's why you, you saw that happening. Yeah, I know many of our members are engaged in the healthcare industry um, right now and have been um, from a construction and renovation standpoint. And um, it's been pretty challenging, quite honestly, um, dealing with um, you know the, the fragile environments that they're in, right? And um, I guess you yeah, kind of hand it to the craft workers that are out working in those facilities, along with uh, the folks like my daughter who are nurses at UW. So um, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot, a lot going on, and and um, I, I think that's a that's a great change. And I think I also talked to Bill Babcock about that, and and their members are responding. And I think it's going to make sure the contractors and architects collaborate very well on the plans, make sure that, you know, they're meeting code and, and constructible. So um, speaking, okay, did um, you have something else? Go ahead. Well, I, I know um, the secretary and I are particularly proud of the work that, that our team is doing as it relates to some of the facilities they're standing up in the Madison and Milwaukee area, um, inspecting those facilities, making sure that uh, we're, we're there at a moment's notice and getting those, those, those needed that needed capacity online for our healthcare workforce. Great, great. So speaking of code, um, the code councils, um, you know, I, I know a big part of the legislation that um, uh, was proposed had to do with the plumbing code and changing the number of fixtures. And, you know, quite honestly, when I first saw that, I'm like, well, it seems like somewhat of a no brainer. But then I went to the hearing and there was a lot of discussion among about different types of projects and seemed a little more complicated. Um, and then they talked about the size of the projects and it seemed like maybe was a little more complicated, you know, uh, increasing the size dramatically. But um, from a from a code council standpoint, um, is is DSPS comfortable with where we stand with the councils and, and their effectiveness? You know, we are. We we really rely on our building code committees because, you know, they're, they're very thoughtful and, you know, they're looking at uh, responding to the industry needs from a, a, a data, from an experience standpoint. And so they always have in mind the safety of our citizens. Of course, we're, we're looking for flexibilities, we're looking to meet customer demands, but at the same time, you're looking at, they're looking at it in a way that is reasonable, kind of what makes sense. And that's why those co-councils are made up of uh, stakeholders and industry professionals as well as staff. It provides an opportunity for them to jointly and thoughtfully think about what the impacts are and how to actually move things forward in a way that works for everyone. I really appreciate having the code councils. You know, in addition to the councils, though, we often will meet with uh, individual stakeholder groups and talk about some of the ideas and suggestions that they have. We often will take those back to the code council and say, we had a meeting, this is what we've heard, what do you think? So it just allows uh, a lot of great minds to think about how the industry might adjust or change based on new innovations, new developments, or based on does it make sense to do things that way anymore. But really, it's a thoughtful approach, but with safety always at the forefront. Right. So speaking from the industry um, 
you know, it's always great when the industry can be involved in decision making um, coming out of the state agencies because, you know, quite honestly, our our members, you know, who, whether it's the contractors or architects or whoever, and DSPS folks are all um, affected by what happens at the code councils and and. Uh, so I guess you know my, my only point is I, I know there's going to be some legislation coming up in the next session regarding you know the plan review and the plumbing fixtures and all that. I would I guess and I know Assistant Deputy Secretary Harris. I know you've been really involved in this and we appreciate your input. Um, I guess we're hopeful that there could be some industry stakeholder groups put together to talk about um, uh, some of the proposed changes and maybe not necessarily create a legislative fix, but maybe an administrative fix that is more flexible. Um, I know that's one of the things that I've heard from from many folks in the industry that they really appreciate about the code uh, is, is that the, the code uh, compared to, to legislative writing is, is ultimately a lot more flexible and a lot more flexible and responsive to the industry's needs. So yeah, we definitely look forward to working with AGC and others uh, on on creating the best the best solution for Wisconsin. Great. So so one last thing, and, and Assistant Deputy Secretary Harris, you had mentioned this um, a little bit on um, inspections. Um, is there um, how how is it going out there with the building inspections? Is, is there any move to video or um, other types of um, technology on the inspections? Yeah, absolutely. We're we at the Department of Safety and Professional Services are both team ahead on inspections. Uh, we've we've uh, put out guidance on how to conduct video-based uh, inspections. We've we've shared that guidance with our delegated agents who who have the opportunity to take advantage of of that as well if they choose to. Um, but you know where where the inspector is comfortable, they are empowered to to use video-based technology to ensure their safety and the safety of of folks at the work site. Uh, you know, if if an in-person inspection is necessary, they're empowered to continue to to do those as well, and and to work with the the uh, the general contractor or the or the site leads to um, you know follow all the 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 DHS recommendations as it relates to social distancing, hand washing, and, and making sure that everybody involved in the process stays safe. Great. So um, I guess, um, Secretary Krim, I, I really appreciate um, your leadership. I, I know you, you have a lot of people, uh, good people working for you, but um, it takes a leader to make these things happen. And, and we appreciate your leadership on, on these issues and, and, uh, um, it's helpful for the industry. And so, um, Secretary Krim and Assistant Deputy Secretary Harris, I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, one other thing, is that guidance on the building inspections available on your website for our contractors? I, I'm, yes. I'm not sure. Oh, go ahead. We have to, okay, what I'll, what I'll say is a lot of the guidance documents that we've put out, especially in adjustment to COVID-19, are right on our website, and we do have some uh, PowerPoints and things around the video uh, inspection work as well that we actually can send to you. Great, great. I'll let our I'll let our members know that. Um, so anyway, back to the closing. Greatly appreciate your time and uh, um, your efforts here, and thank you for joining us. And have a great weekend. 
Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. And thank you for uh, recognizing the good work that our staff is doing because, you know, it's, it's, it's been quite a response that we've needed to put together, and they have responded admirably. So I'm very, very proud of the agency and the work that we're doing. So thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to the Forward Construction Podcast. To access this and other AGC podcasts, go to the AGC website at www.agcwi.org or download directly at Google Play or Apple Podcasts. For more information on this podcast or to get involved, please contact Bob Barker at the AGC office.